This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Thanks so much for tuning in to Retirement Ready Today. Do you have questions about your retirement? Are you ready for it? If not, this is the show for you. We're going to help make sure that you can cross all those T's, dot all those I's, and make sure that you're well prepared for your financial future. I'm Walter Storholt, proud to be joined by Eric Peterson each week here on the program. He is the president and founder of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists. If you're anywhere in central Iowa, this is the show for you. Eric's got a office right there in West Des Moines, conveniently right off there of uh, 8th Street. You can find him online by going to askericpeterson.com or by calling 515 515- 226-1500 to get in touch. That's 515-226-1500. Well, Eric, there's this uh, term out there, the fiduciary standard, that's been in the news a little bit over the last couple of years. Some people may have come across of it. And some people may have heard that, you know what, you really need to work with a financial advisor who is this term, who is a fiduciary. Other people, though, they've never encountered this word so we're going to kind of strip everything down, like like taking an old deck and, and stripping it down before we put on the new varnish and the new, the new uh, stain. And we're going to talk about what a fiduciary really means and why is this conversation important to the average investor? Well, the term fiduciary, actually, if you look it up, uh, just means that it's a person who acts on behalf of another person or persons to manage assets. And what a fiduciary is supposed to do is act in good faith and trust. So they're supposed to do what's the best for you. Now, it's been tagged a lot recently with regards to people that manage assets, money, brokers and financial advisors, those kinds of things. But there's lots of people that are fiduciaries. An attorney is a fiduciary. A CPA, a certified public account, is a fiduciary. They have to operate on this standard as well. Also, believe it or not, corporate officers and uh, board members of corporate boards are supposed to be fiduciaries as well and held to the standard executors of estates are supposed to be held to fiduciary standards. So there's lots of people, but lately it's been tossed around in the financial services industry because what people want is someone that's going to act in their best interest and not necessarily in the best interest of the financial advisor. It kind of boils down to the golden rule, right? What you were taught as a kid. I mean, it seems ludicrous to me that you'd work with a financial advisor who doesn't have your best interest in mind. It seems like that should be pretty basic. But it's amazing to learn that not everybody who calls themselves a financial advisor abides by that mentality. Correct, because they have this other standard called the suitability standard. And that's what was, you know, the whole industry was working on for quite a while. And what that standard was is as long as something was deemed suitable, which means that you had the liquidity, the financial knowledge, the um, assets in order to move into this particular financial product, the person selling that product didn't have to disclose to you if there was a more cost-effective option or disclose any conflicts of interest that he may have with the people that provided that product. You know, Maybe they had inducements, extra compensation for recommending this product over another product that was exactly the same. So they went with the one that gave them extra, extra compensation, let's say. They don't disclose that to you. So that's the suitability standard where it all operated under for a long, long time. And now... The fiduciary standard has been there, but it was never translated into the financial services industry unless the person was a registered investment advisor. Registered investment advisors have to operate in this fiduciary role. 
on the fiduciary standard. And that's kind of how the whole industry has changed, I would say, in the last uh, you know 10 or 15 years. The registered investment advisors have kind of been born from this uh, fiduciary role. We are on that. We've been registered investment advisors for 10 years. So there's always been registered investment advisors, but they've always been kind of in the pension arena or if they're very large accounts. Now that's being afforded to people in the you know, smaller account sizes where those people had to work in the world of suitability, now they can easily transition over to this world of the fiduciary. I think that's interesting to note. So if I'm an individual saver, investor, planning for retirement, and I want to work with somebody who's a fiduciary, is there an easy way to tell? Do I just look for that that credential, RIA? Do I look for that somewhere in the you know signature line of, a, of an email from an advisor? What, what's the best way to go about finding somebody who's got that fiduciary responsibility, how can I tell the difference? Yes, if they they do say that they are an investment advisory representative of a registered investment advisor, then they are on the fiduciary standard. But you also want to look at the, you know, disclosures and taglines to see if it says securities offered through, and if it says a broker-dealer. So broker-dealer is still on the fiduciary standard. So people can be on both. And that doesn't mean just because you're on the suitability standard that you are doing something wrong. I, I want to you know, say just because people sure. offer financial products that generate commissions doesn't necessarily do what's, what's not in your best interest. Just like being on the fiduciary standard doesn't guarantee that you're going to get better results either. It just means that you're going to be disclosed all the things pertinent and the person's going to do what's in your best interest. But you know, investments are investments. And so if the market goes down investments that you hold will go down. So it doesn't protect against that. I want to make that clear to listeners. But it is nice to know when someone's sitting across from you and saying, this is what I recommend for your plan, that they are doing it in your best interest, not respective to what they may make or receive in compensation from that. So if you want to experience this fiduciary standard, if you want to experience planning that is in your best interest, and you want to be told about all of the things going on in your accounts and what the conflicts of interest are, that's what we disclose to all of our clients because we are on the fiduciary standard. If you want to experience that for yourself, then come in and meet with us. Come and take our retirement readiness review. Let's see where you are, where is it that you want to go, and what are some of the things along the route that you can make some adjustments to to make sure that you can retire on your terms with the confidence to enter retirement during any economy. So do yourself a favor. Give us a call at 515-226-1500. We just ask that you're over age 50 and have at least $250,000 saved towards retirement. So if that's you, you really should do yourself a favor and your family a favor by picking up the phone. Give us a call, 515-226-1500. Again, easy to get in touch with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group serving you in central Iowa. 515-226-1500 is the number. Again, that's the 515 area code, 226-1500. We'll put you in touch. If you get the voicemail, no big deal. Just leave a message, and Eric and the team will return that call promptly. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. You can also go online if you tend to prefer that method of communication. Very easy to do that. AskEricPeterson.com is the web address. AskEricPeterson.com. Type that in, and you can go to the website and talk to Eric Peterson as well through the website. And uh, if you forget what the website is, you can just Google Eric Peterson, too. And that's what I do most of the time these days, Eric. I don't even (laughs) remember website addresses. I think even Google, I type in like G-O, and then it just auto-populates. You know, that is a suggestion, and I Google to go to Google. 
if that makes sense. And you can do that the does. Same, do the same thing for Eric Peterson. Just Google his name, and it'll take you there. We're talking about the fiduciary standard, of course, and I think maybe to drive this point home, Eric, it might be helpful to get an example or uh, a story. You're so good at uh, kind of telling us the stories of people you've worked with in the past. Can you give us an example maybe of somebody that, you know, from a fiduciary perspective, you gave them particular advice that likely would have been different had they gotten the advice from somebody who wasn't a fiduciary. I think that'll help kind of illustrate this point. Yeah, Walter, uh, you know, we see, unfortunately, a lot of bad planning or bad advice that comes through when people come in for this retirement readiness review, because, you know, they're disclosing the whole financial picture. The way to get the the best, you know, it's like going to the doctor and you're complaining about, you know, something's you know wrong with you. But all you do is just tell him what your symptoms are. You know, he doesn't. You don't allow him to take any X-rays or take any blood or you know, do any tests. You're saying, well, this is what it feels like. So, when you come in for this review, we want to look under the hood and see where everything is, and then we can explain what is it that you really have. And so sometimes we see some things that people thought it was working one way when actually it wasn't. So the most egregious one that I saw recently was a gentleman that had a tremendous amount of money saved for retirement. And his advisor had talked him into putting some of his IRA into a variable annuity. Now, the reason why is that the variable annuity generated a guarantee of 6%. And that's how he explained it. Well, that's guaranteed to grow at 6%. And I explained to him, well, do you understand that's guaranteed to grow at 6% for an income benefit, not for the account value. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, that, like, that would be my that would be my question. I think probably yeah. everybody would be like, uh huh? What? <laughs> so what he had attached to it was a guaranteed income writer. And that income writer grows at a factor of six percent, regardless of what happens in the market. Or if the market did better than six percent, it would lock in those gains, I believe on a quarterly basis. So yeah. each quarter they review and whichever one is higher, they would lock that in. So the thing is that the only way you get to that value is by taking out an income stream against that. Now, this person didn't need any additional income. They were living quite nicely on Social Security and pension. So he was paying a lot of money for this writer. It was about one and a quarter percent, 1.25 percent. The base policy was coming at about one and a half percent. And then you're paying about one percent for the mutual fund fees or the separate account fees. They're like mutual funds. So you add all that up, we're at 3.75%, okay, which is a lot of money to pay for an account that you probably didn't need because what I showed him was right around the corner, he was going to have these things called minimum distributions that were due because he's going to turn 70 and a half. So there's going to be money he's going to be forced to take out. Well, those minimum distributions are going to be way more money than he ever needs. So... What I showed him is that, you know, you were talked into going into this for something that you're probably never going to use. And over the last 10 years, you've paid them more money than what you've made on this. And he was never disclosed that. He was kind of shocked. Going, well, it's grown to 6%. I'm like, yeah, you get, you're getting 6%. But it's on this benefit that you can only access through an income stream, which I'm looking at from a tax standpoint that you don't need nor want. So you've been paying all this money to an insurance company for something that you're not going to ever use. So to me, that was that is why I see where that that's the fiduciary versus the suitability right there. That's a jaw on the floor type moment there, right? Because as a fiduciary, what you would have explained say, okay, hey, we can put the money in here. I know the six percent sounds attractive, but let's take a look in the future and see if you actually would use this. 
And so what we showed them was a way that you could basically eliminate the expense, cut it all out, drop it to zero, eliminate all the risk. You can still have the benefit if you want it, but now you're not going to pay for it. So if you're not going to pay for that benefit, you don't have to worry about using it. And that was a much better world. And so we opened his eyes to, you know, we can still replicate the same thing. You can replicate a, a guaranteed income stream if that's what you really want, because he was worried about his spouse. You know, if something happens to him, income drops and then she could use this. But let's do it in an environment where you're not paying for it and still give you an opportunity for make some decent returns. So that was uh, working on the fiduciary standard as opposed to the suitability. Suitability, you know, back then it was suitable. Right. But the person didn't have to take it the next step and say, let's really look at your overall plan and, uh, you know, see how this would fit. See, this is in your best interest. They didn't have to do that, nor did they probably want to. You know, they were just looking to make a sale and they sold an annuity, which paid a lot of money to them and, you know, off to the races. So um, the person was left holding something that they pay a lot of money for. They probably didn't need. They'd be better suited in something different. So if you kind of have that feeling about stuff that you have, maybe you've bought some financial products from different people and just don't know how they all work, how they coordinate and what they're really supposed to do, that's a great opportunity to come in and meet with us. I mean, we're going to go under the hood. We're going to take a look at everything. We're going to explain what they are, the advantages, the disadvantages, and any strings attached, and then see if they fit in your plan. If your stuff is good stuff, we're going to tell you that. We're not here to create problems that don't exist. But if your stuff has some issues, we're going to explain what those are as well and how to fix them. So if that sounds attractive to you, then give us a call at 515-226-1500. Just have to be over age 50, have at least $250,000 saved for retirement. So that's you. Do your financial future a favor. Give us a call and come in and meet with us. 515-226-1500. Or visit our website at askericpeterson.com and submit right there and we'll get you in as soon as possible. That's how to get your own complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists. 515-226-1500 is the number. 515-226-1500. And you can set up that time to meet for a complimentary retirement readiness review or do it online at askericpeterson.com. That's askericpeterson.com. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Information provided during Retirement Ready is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken.